0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, wherever you're listening. This is The Chosen Life Podcast. I'm your host, The Chosen Lawyer. Today, we have a very special guest, consistently voted by his peers as the sexiest man-in-law, Willard, don't call me Will, but sometimes you can, Ramjas. Will Ramjas, welcome to The Chosen Life.
1: Thank you, sir. Thank you, John. Nice to be on your podcast, man. I've listened to your podcasts uh, since you started doing them. I love them. I think you're you're a natural. And it's just a pleasure for me on a Saturday morning to be here with you, bro.
0: I really appreciate that. We, uh, we pre-tape them sometimes, you know, depending on schedule. And uh, I find on the weekends, you know, it's it's much easier for a lot of people to make the time, you know, to sit and, uh, you know, converse. They don't want people, you know, rushing to work, rushing back from work. And on that point, Will, uh, I'm going to mention, you know, my producer gets on me on, on this all the time. Wherever you are, you know, as a listener right now, if you're watching on YouTube, listening on your podcast player, it's very, very important. You're enjoying the content. You're like, I want more of this. I need more of this in my life. You need to do something very simple for me now. You just need to go and hit that subscribe button immediately. You want to hit that bell. You want to be notified the second that it drops. You know, our new episodes on the chosen life, they drop every Monday, 12 p.m. Eastern. If you're busy, you're forgetting that for a second, you want to get notified. And put those comments in, you know, you, you, you're going to hear Will today, we're going to talk about a lot of fun topics, nothing crazy business as far as, uh, you know, uh, putting you to sleep. We're actually going to talk a lot about a lot of fun topics today. But to hear the content consistently, you know, leave those comments for the guests, for myself, the chosen lawyer. I personally do write back to people and I have a lot of fun with the people. They don't know it's me, but it is me. So uh, love the audience interaction. So please hit that subscribe button. So Will... Uh believe it or not, my friend, we have known each other for 20 years. Can you believe it?
1: I can believe it. I was just thinking about that too. I was doing the math on this before I came on. I'm like, I've known Johnson. You were an articling student when I met you, man. Uh, It's amazing how time goes by. (laughs) Wrong,
0: wrong, wrong. So well right, you were seconded. You were seconded. I was seconded.
1: That's right. You were seconded. But you were in what, first year, right? I was a
0: first year associate. So the story goes like this. I was an articling student back in 2001. My first articling assignment, I was a big Bay Street law firm in Toronto, Canada. And they sent me on my first secondment on September 11th, 2001. (laughs) They sent me to the tax library to do some research shockingly on a Monday, nobody is in the tax library. And as I'm going down in the elevator, it says there is an accident in New York city details to follow. So I'm like, okay, I hope everybody's okay. So I go down to the tax library, do my tax research. I come out of the tax. So I leave there about 9.00 AM. I'm at nine 30 in the tax library. Okay. I leave the tax library about twelve thirty PM. I walk outside. I'm in the deepest of downtown Toronto, Canada. There is not a single car. And I said to myself, oh my, Armageddon is broken out. What the heck is going on? Where's everybody? There's no one to be found. I'm like, did the world end while I was in the tax library? And I'm walking, walking, walking. And then there's a giant TV screen on one of the buildings. And sure enough, we find out about the accidents and what happened in New York City that day. And life was never the same. So my articling, my law career started with September 11th. So why am I telling you this? Because I was one of the few that was lucky to get hired back at the time. After, uh, after September 11th, the economy in the world in general was a little difficult. It was not so easy to get a law job. I got one. I was very excited. And I was supposed to start at my new job, uh, same same law firm, but uh, from an articling student to an associate. And about a week or two out, I'm, they messaged me and they said, just so you know, we have uh, need to send you over to Tim Hortons. You know, for all of you that know Tim Hortons, you know, uh, purveyor of coffee, donuts, food, et cetera, you know, the lineups in Toronto are huge and surrounding areas. and I know they're becoming worldwide. So, you know, Tim's. So they're saying, uh, you're going to go over to Tim's. You're going to be there for about maybe two or three weeks. We need you to help reorganize us a little bit. So I'm like, cool. All right, I'll go to Tim Hortons. No problem. And then I'm excited. I'll come to my associate job. Two to three weeks turned into nine months. I lived at Tim Hortons. So Will and I got to work together for almost a year. He was already a pretty big wig over there. Uh, and uh, that's how we met. So I was a first year associate. Uh, you were already in the Tim Hortons chain and we'll get to talk about that. But currently you're the director and assistant general counsel to McDonald's Canada. A pretty impressive title, my friend. Thank you. Thank you, sir.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, it, it's... Uh, you never know where your career is going to take you. You know, we met at Tim Hortons, and uh, you know, prior to Tim Hortons, I'd been in private practice. Uh, geez, for what, maybe seven years, uh, and then I left private practice to go in house. So you you got me when it was literally my first year of in house practice. So was I that- was learning stuff the same the same as you were in terms I- of how how it was to function at at, at, at Timmy's there.
0: That's so funny because when. I thought you were a seasoned veteran, honestly, like having worked with you, like, I don't know, man, maybe you were faking it to you making it. But like, <laughs> you gave off the aura that you knew you were talking about and you know, your career, we'll talk about your progression later because uh, people want to get, jump into the fun topics first, always. But I will ask one question. You're the, the, the counsel to one of the biggest, most best known businessmen in the world, Mr. Ronald McDonald himself. Tell us, what's, I met Ron- him. <laughs> what's, what's Ronald re- really like? Listen, I met Ronald.
1: He's fantastic, and 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 you know, look, I I've I've been at McDonald's for for many years now. Uh, like you say, it's it's just a it's a fun brand. It's a great place to work. Love it. You know the people there are great. Everything about the brand is is fun, just like Ronald. And uh, yeah, I, I funny story. You know, I I think I must have been in my. My first year at McDonald's and um, having lunch downstairs, and, and Ronald pops by. Like, seriously, he pops by and just sits down and starts talking to me in, in Toronto. And I was like blown away because my first year there, it was, it was amazing. And, and you know, he's just as funny as you see him on TV when he's like see seven him. feet. You don't see eight- him too often anymore.
0: <laughs> he's like seven feet, eight feet tall. How tall is Ronald McDonald's? He's a tall guy. He's a, he's
1: a tall guy. He's a tall guy.
0: I got one beef though, because as a kid growing up, you know some people you know they idolize sports athletes you know they idolize you know politician I I I was a big fan of Sheriff McCheese you know the Hamburglar Grimace you know I loved I loved those characters man and they were a lot of fun you know we used to get the toys and everything else and uh you know hacked it out you remember them on, on the commercials and just uh be glad Ronald know we missed them and uh Bring him back, please, you know, because that's the fun times. That's the, the golden era of McDonald's, in my opinion.
1: I agree, Matt. I think the the, the the biggest question I get all the time is, who's my favorite McDonald's character? Yes. And the same thing you just asked. Like, when are we going to bring him back? And I don't know if you've seen the latest Raptors commercial with uh, the Raptor and Grimace. But yeah, I, I mean, you have not. You go check it out. It's, 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 it's running right now, the Raptors-McDonald's
0: collab, and uh, Grimace is in there. So So check it out. I'm too busy watching Power and Top Boy, you know, this is, uh, <laughs> I, I'm watching these badass programs, and they don't put any McDonald's commercials on there, you know, on uh, Netflix, on, uh, I know. you know, on uh, Crave TV, so, uh, okay, good to know. So grimace is uh is starting to peer back. He's still on TV, I yeah, man. How, how how's he looking, grimace? These days, is he on the treadmill a bit? You know, is he lifting some yeah, iron?
1: He's looking. He's looking uh, vintage. He's looking vintage. Looking so, vintage. <laughs> yeah. He's OG <laughs> you like baby. It. You like it? He's OG. He's OG for
0: sure. So speaking of OG, transitioning into our first topic today, we agreed we're gonna make yes, some sir. real fun talks, By the way, I love Come the man around. cave. Looks amazing there.
1: Thank you, sir. And look, this this sick. T goes just with it, eh? Like, I love it. I love it.
0: <laughs> so what, people are going to ask, how does he get the merch? We don't understand. So you got to understand, uh, I go down the street, people stop and like, hey, you're the chosen lawyer guy. You know, the celebrities, you know, Buff Bagwell, you know, Will Ramjazz. How do these guys get the T's and we don't? So the conversation came up that Will and I were talking. Turns out Will is a fan of the podcast. I did not pay him to say that. <laughs> and he is an active listener. He loves all the aspects of life, being wrestling, boxing, organization, productivity, making money. You'll never know what we're going to talk about. He's like, buddy, I need one of those shirts in my life. So I said to him, we are working on the merchandising. It is going to happen. But as luck will behold, I do have a few extras that I ordered. So I, if you ever watch the show, as far as keep an eye on the shirts I'm wearing, you'll notice I wear a different color every single week. Yes, I have about 25, 30 different colors. I do put on a different color every episode just to fool all of you. So uh, watch out. You never know what color I'm going to wear next. But Will asked for traditional, you know, badass black. So I said, Will, i uh, see what I can make happen. What size are you? And Will said, I need a shmedium. So we, I looked up. I'm like, I don't have a small, I have a medium, but I got a shmedium. So let's put the shmedium on. Will, as Buff Bagels say, that shirt is melting off your buddy. Look at that. <laughs> Jeez.
1: Thanks for the swag, man. I, I appreciate it. fits good. I'm going to wear this all day today. So, you know, I'll be out in public. Don't worry.
0: I'll say, man, this is not like $5 tee, man. This is like Heather material. <laughs> this is the good stuff. This is the kind of stuff Ric Flair wears, man, to convention. You know? So we don't <laughs> No doubt. around. No doubt. No doubt. So when you're wearing your swag, right? You're wearing your chosen lawyer tee. What you're going to wear on your feet? That's very important. So Will and I are both uh, sneaker heads. And today we're gonna to be discussing some of our favorite sneakers. So people know that I'm the Jordan 1 lawyer. I'm always spotted in Jordan 1s or Jordan 1 looking type shoes, occasionally in Air Force One. Will, what is your shoe of choice and why?
1: Listen, I gotta tell you, I'm a, I'm an AJ1 guy. Um, and I'll, I'll tell you, you were a little bit inspirational to me. So I'm gonna give you some, some, some serious credit here because I, I think one day we went out for dinner or lunch and, and, and it was after work. And, you know, I'm in my corporate gear and, 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 and you stroll in with a pair of AJ1s on. And I was like, no, this man did not go to work like this. And I got to tell you, that, that was like, okay, this guy has some serious swag going on. Hopping in the office with a pair of AJ1s. And, and, and honestly, at that point, I was like, okay, this guy knows something I don't. And, and I re-engaged my love for AJ1s there. And I'm going to tell you, I, oh my God, I must have like... And I know it probably is nowhere close to your collection, but I think I may have like 15, 16 pairs of AJ1s, man. All different colorways, all different years. Like, you know, but, but yeah, I go out when I'm in like weekends, a pair of jeans, you know, some uh, jogging pants, they look great in jogging pants. And even summer, I'll, I'll just rock the AJ1s with like shorts and stuff. And I love them, Comf- comfy shoes and, and, and just, you know, with all the variety you can pick any outfit and you're
0: good to go. I love the AJ ones. I think there's nothing sexier than wearing a pair of AJ ones. They go with jeans, they go with suits. They wear go with tuxedos, shorts, anything you want. You can rock the AJ ones. Please do not wear them with knee high socks. You know, we need to wear the ankle <laughs> socks. And I like the ankle socks. I like to show a little bit of sock action. I don't want to have like yeah. a disappearing sock, you know, but a guy asked me the other day, he comes up to me, he goes to me chosen. Tell me this. I want to have a pair of Jordans. So can I just go to the store and buy a pair of Jordans like Jordan ones? I want to own Jordan ones. Can I get Jordan ones right now? I said, absolutely. You can get Jordan ones, but you got to be very careful on this because there's levels in everything in life. There's levels, you know, like you want to go to the Mercedes dealership. Go get, you know, ABC, you know, all the letters of the alphabet. Right. But there's a big difference between the entry level versus, you know, the, the, the big boy. And I said to him, look, You've got to be very careful with this because if you're going lows, please do not touch a Jordan 1. I don't care that people are wearing them right now and join them and I, all the power to them. If you're if you're wearing them, I love it, you know. Congrats to you. But when you're a hardcore sneakerhead like us, we can't be wearing the, the lows. I'm sorry. And uh, <laughs> okay. if you're going okay, lows, listen. If you're going lows, you you're going Air Force 1s in my opinion to start.
1: <sighs> okay, so look, look. I'm going to be honest. I have all ranges. Okay. I have highs, mids, and lows. Okay. Right? I have that's, highs, mids, and lows. And 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 again, it's versatile, right? Because you can you can I have a nice pair of beautiful the all-star black uh, lows okay. that I picked up last year, shiny. Yes. I, re- I I love them. Like I love those lows. I, I put those on with black jeans. They look totally sick. It's
0: like they, they, it, it, but if you're going to let's say a business dinner or you're going yeah. down to the mall. You're you gonna, can't. No one no one's gonna question yeah. what be it. But if you're going to like, I don't know, like you're going to like to a rock concert, you're going to a sneaker convention, you're going to like a, a drop at OVO, you got to watch what you are wearing because when the real sneakerheads are out, they're all watching what's on your feet. And they're like, they, they give that a look, you know, now, now when you got mids, there are some mids in my mind that are acceptable because there are mids that have like different looks Them, they put a different tongue on them. You know, like I almost ruined the game. They put, they do that. They got the Luka Doncic ones. I, they do some nice things with mids. I'm okay with it. You know, it depends. And some mids are almost like highs and some highs are yeah. almost like mids the way they set up. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. But if we're going to start with Jordan ones, we need the high OGs in our lives. We need that nike tag on there we need the nike tag not the jordan uh, jump man that's starting right. off number one if we're going to jordan yeah. ones we're going to start off with the high OGs. so if you're going to go to the jordan store and you're going to go drop you know whatever 150 180 us you know we're in canada yeah. here so we pay like 230 canadian plus you know our sales tax is like 80 percent. so yeah. whatever we're paying we're paying but you got to watch it because when you're going to drop the money people are going to say you know that's what they bought you know like if the stuff's sitting on the shelves for like two months. It's funny when the shit on the shelves nobody wants them, and as soon as they're sold out, then everybody wants them. You know, and people are very finicky this way. So I'm, I said to them always, this person when they said it to me, you gotta watch, you gotta know what's trending, what's hot, and you got yeah. I'd rather wait and get the right pair than just slap any pair on your feet and and not get the respect of the sneaker community. In my opinion.
1: Yeah, listen, I I, I don't disagree, and, and and just to tell you, like you know, I scour for for drops right like mm-hmm. i'm on the nike app <clears throat> i'm looking to see you know when stops drop in, mm-hmm. you know how i can get it i i honestly i wish you know we had the, the nike sneaker app up in canada which which we don't unfortunately of course not. um yeah it, it, it's pretty sad so you know you start going you're hunting right you're hunting at that point i was like you know lucky sometimes you, you're, you're good enough to get you know like on the drop you can go and get your size if you miss that like by half hour you're, you're out of luck. No, you're done. Yeah, you, you, is, there's not, There's not, and, and actually, I've had a lot of luck at, um, you know, like the Nike flagship, uh, at Yorkdale. They've, they've, they actually stock some stuff, which I was shocked that, you know, you could just go in and get a size on. Right. Um, the, the, the Nike store at Yorkdale, I think, has been good, too. Uh, I've gone in there and found stuff that I was like, wow, I thought this was sold out. Like, I bought a pair of uh, a Jordans there, like, oh, my gosh, maybe about six months ago. And they were sold out everywhere. And I ended up going there and, and, and getting my size. And I was looking to actually pick, pick that pair up on StockX. And I went in there and I bought it at, at retail, which I was like super happy about.
0: You never know what you're going to find, especially online. Are you, so you're a StockX guy. Do you do Goat as well?
1: <laughs> I do. I do. I, I kind of check out, you know, what's trending and, and if mm-hmm. you can get a good deal. You know, but like my size, I, like I wear a nine and a half, 10. And those are like the hottest sizes, right? Oh, like do you, I mean, you, wear, you wear both? Yeah, I can. I can. Uh, I'm, I'm somewhere right in the middle there, right? So I can take a nine and a half or I can take a 10, no problem. You know, if, if I get the, the, the colorways I want, you mm-hmm. know, I'll do it. And I can only get a 10 and a half, I'll, I'll wear a 10.
0: Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm a size 10, man. I'm a size 10 all day, every day since high yeah. school. And I only wear a size 10. I'll tell fans of the show if you ever got a 10, size 10 Jordan that you're really bored of and you want to donate it to the show, by all means, uh, write to me. I'll be happy to accept the donations. I'll, I've never said no to a Jordan 1.
1: And you know what? I, I've seen you and you were talking about the, the, the Nike women's, right?
0: Yes and, yes. and the different,
1: the sizings between the, the, the men mm-hmm. and women. I'm going to tell you that some of the Nike women's Jordans are amazing, like unbelievable. Absolutely. And I, I'll, I'll, I jump in there. Yeah. And I try to get like an 11 uh, and, and see, I, you know, because the colorways they do on, on the, the, the women's AJ1s are, are phenomenal. Like I love them.
0: But I'm not talking about, the, you know, when you're talking about that, not the ones with the weird laces set up. Like, they look like a traditional Jordan 1. Totally. If everything else, if I told you they're a men's Jordan 1, you would say yes. The only thing yeah. is they, they made them in women's sizing to appeal to all market, which is great. You know, I heavily support that, you know, gender equality in Jordans. And everybody should be able to wear the same Jordan 1s. But then, you know, as men, we just have to look at the sizing. So I'm a 10, I'm going to buy 11 and a half. that's it, yeah. done. But in Canada, we don't always get that sizing. So now we got to go to the States to find it. And you know what? I'm not afraid to buy them used off goat. I don't care. They're all cleaned up. Me it's too. fine. Yeah. Once you yeah. wear wear them once, it's fine. They're used anyway. So whatever we got to do to find them, we find them. Now, Will, did you bring a pair today for show and tell?
1: Yeah, yeah. Listen, I, I brought a couple of pairs. And, all right. and I, I, I brought this one because I think this one I'm going to wear today
0: with the chosen so you know when you have like you know a person walking down to the wrestling ring, the boxing ring, right? So always the champ comes in last. So the challenger comes first. So <laughs> well, I brought of- you. I
1: brought I brought a mid and a high for you here. So so let me. I should This. Ladies and I gentlemen. love this one.
0: I love Whoa. this one. Okay, tell us about this one, my friend.
1: So so actually, I bought I bought this one uh, used. This is actually a ten. This is actually a ten.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah.
1: Right. And and I that love is a mid, this. That one. is a mid. That is this a mid. mid and yes. I love this one because yes. it's understated, right? Mm-hmm. You have the nice, you know, kind of red outline piping there. Let me get good. that up there.
0: That is beautiful. You know, you yes. can
1: you can wear this. Look how good this would look with this tee, right?
0: That is that is hot. Yes.
1: And then the, yeah, you can wear this with shorts, pair of jeans, but again, understated. Just 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 I like that. I like that in a shoe. So look. I know I got a whole bunch, which is, you know, the white kind of, kind of hard to wear during winter sometimes because the thing gets mucked up. But yeah, this is one of my go-to shoes for formal and casual.
0: It can do both. And I can tell you in the wintertime, man, my good ones never see the light of day until the salt is is put away and my winter jacket's off. My good ones don't see the light of day. So that is the contender number one. Let's see contender number two. So conservative number two is a little bit different, man. A lot of people
1: right. have had some negative uh, 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 reviews and responses to this. But when this color wave came out, I love this shoe. And I, and actually I, I I think because people didn't like it is why yes. I got a pair of these. But 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 these are my other ones, man.
0: Like I love those. Yeah, like yes. it's got I don't it's got
1: them. the burnt, the burnished sort of bronze on it. Yes, it's got the 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 suede in the back.
0: That's the, the pati- what do they call them? The, the patina. Yeah, the, the patinas. Patina. Right. And
1: again, I, I it, it's, this stands out when you put it on, right. It's still kind of, you know, with the black and the bronze there, you can wear this with a set of gray, gray jeans. Yes. It, it black, looks, black real black pants, je- looks real good. Black pants. It looks real good. So yeah, but the thing is this one, you're not, you're, you're not wearing this in winter. Because of the the suede and the, the suede's the gonna kill it. Yeah. Ex- yeah.
0: The executive producer of our show, he's rocking those, and he's no kidding. Them. Yeah, he has got them. He's got them. I I love these. I love these. And and I you know when I was
1: doing looking at reviews and stuff on, on I see YouTube. the
0: souls on those. Will. Okay, they went neutral black. Beautiful. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Neutral black.
0: Nice. And a lot pair. of people,
1: a lot of the reviewers were like, ah, I don't like the colorways. You know, don't don't. You know, not for me. And you know, some of the younger crowd, you know, may not like that. I like, again, a little bit more kind of understated, versatile shoe.
0: Steve, the thing about Jordan 1s in general, I think they're dropping too many. I think they've been doing it for way too long. They're milking the yeah. thing too much. We got 34 series now with them, 35, whatever. We're yeah, at, yeah. And there's different sizes, you know, low, mid, highs. You know, we got so much stuff dropping. And, you know, people all over the 3s, the 11s. You know, let's just stop with so much Jordan 1s. Let's make it a little more exclusive again, please. You yeah. know, you don't want to end this thing. You know, you don't want to make it into like a pair of Crocs. But like at the end of the day, even though Crocs came back, I know. But at the end <laughs> of the day, you know, I think there should be a little more exclusivity to it. And uh, I wish, but I, I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon because there's still the demand. So people are buying them.
1: Well, you can't get them. They're sold out all the time. So until, you know, people say, I'm, I'm tired of this or, I, I, you know, it's too repetitive. Nike's going to sell them. Like, I mean, can't go. Can't
0: go so, wrong. So I feel really bad now. I love the shoes, first of all. I love the choices you did. I didn't know what you're going to go with. I wanted to go with something <laughs> unique, but buddy. What'd you is... go with,
1: like a Travis Scott? Like, what'd you bring here? <laughs> oh,
0: I feel so bad. I feel what'd so you, bad. What'd
1: you bring out?
0: Bro, this is like, this is like, man, this is like Roman Reigns coming out to like Barry Horowitz and wrestling, you know, like, you know, this is just not even fair. So the reason I bring up the ones I did is because my, my executive producer also is in Shulik and you know he had a birthday recently I'm like I gotta celebrate this thing because like we've been rocking up at uh, The Chosen Life uh we uh, we had our first episode that broke a uh, ton of views we broke 100k views uh that was a big accomplishment yeah, for us awesome, man. Awesome. Uh, and it's still climbing you know our boy Buff Bagwell you know he's our horse and he's leading us to to glory and uh the subscriber count and we I do notice every day and like you know, by the hour, by the day, we're climbing like mad. So really appreciate the mad props from everyone. So to celebrate it, I bought him a special pair. And I already had this pair. I bought it. It's one of the only pairs I ever bought as a pre-release before they even came wow. out to the market. This is one of the hottest ever Jordan 1s made. You'll probably never see it like this again. I'm going to stop hyping it up. I'm just going to show it to you.
1: Oh, oh. oh what, you see... Oh. You, you want to crush me with the <laughs> with, with your rare... Like, come on, man. Like, I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm stuff so stuff right? I'm buying I'm stuff off the so shelf. I'm so sorry. I mean, look, what you, look what you're doing here. This is not fair, man.
0: I remember on episode one of Buff when he was on, and he says, do not adjust your TV screen. I'm this good looking. <laughs> yes, these shoes are this good looking. I'm so sorry. Virgil, <laughs> God rest his soul, Virgil Bola, uh, from Off-White, he did the collab with Jordans. The first one was the Chicago colorway. Then the UNC's. Yeah. These were the second ones. So the first one was the Chicago's. Look at that, the construction. It is just, oh, it's just sick. It's
1: just sick, buddy. Now, um, now you, you wear those, right? You wear those, or you what? just display those. Let, let, you know? <sighs> let, let me ask you a question.
0: So, in order to <laughs> fully understand this thing. Oh, like, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. so That's these should... Shoot. So when you own a pair of these, okay, let's yeah, get to that. So you know, no one wants to see me. Let's just keep it going like this. When <laughs> you are fortunate enough to own a work of art, this is not even a parachute. This is a work of art. This yeah, is yeah. how we do it. We check the weather report. We make sure the weather is perfect all day. There'll be no rain. There'll be no snow. There'll be nothing. Yeah. You jump in your car. You're wearing either slides or a pair of beater shoes. <laughs> this is in its box. It's standing up nicely. When you park the car, then you come out, sit in the back seat, you take off your slides, you put these shoes on, you lace them carefully. Then you go walk about your day. You're watching in front of you for potholes, whatever you gotta do. You do wear them. When it's time to go home, go back in the back seat, take the shoes off, back in the right. box. That's the way it goes. Yeah. So these are See, the, look UNC. At the swoosh on that too. Right? Look at the swoosh on that. Like I, I love it, man. So, what a design. So For the haters out there, and there are them, unfortunately, like, I don't get it. Not a big deal. (laughs) You know what? Virgil really went to town on these shoes. Like, just the construction. Like, you feel like you're wearing a cloud. These are not traditional Jordan ones. These are new. whatever materials you use for construction. It's light. It's fluffy. You feel like you're walking a cloud. It is the most comfortable pair of Jordans I've ever put on in my life. And for those investors out there, Go look on Stock X and go look at the Chicago's. You know, easy 5K. These yeah. ones, you know, around 2K, give or take where they're at. If you buy them used, you might get a deal. Buy them now if you have the money and the means. Um, don't go pay, use your rent money on these. But if you have the money, you're debating about buying a couple pairs, three pairs. Buy these and just lock them away. Virgil is gone. He's not come back. Unfortunately, he'll be missed. You know, whatever's going to be done with all point of future, it will never be Virgil, you know, unfortunately. Yeah. So this is a real collector item. You must have this in your life if you can. And look at just the writing on it. Like this is just, yeah. it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah, it is. I love it's it. It's true. I was going to buy a pair of Chicago's. I remember I was going to Sneaker Con 1 in New York City. I was all set to go. I could have, they had dropped number two of the Chicago's. Yeah. It was about a thousand bucks. I'm like, I'm going to buy other stuff at this <laughs> show. So I said, nah. You missed out. No, there's so many of them, it'll be fine. Well, 5k later, you know. (laughs) Same thing, like when I was at SneakerCon one in New York, they had just dropped the igloos. For those of you that are familiar at all, you got those special Miami igloos and rust pinks, and those were 1500 bucks. I'm like, oh, 1500 bucks, they're 10k now. (laughs) I should have bought them so. You know every pair of Jordans that I ever said I should have bought, but you know it's too much money. I can't afford it. I, I should have saved up. You know, I always regret it. So you don't have to buy. You don't have to buy those. There are wicked ones that you can buy that are still very popular. You can buy them used for a hundred bucks, two hundred bucks, and you can rock them. People appreciate the effort, and it's more the knowledge, you no know, understanding. These are the yeah. Uncs. You know, these are the rust pinks. You know, these are the off whites. These are the Travis so, Mochas. Listen, kind of I knowledge. think
1: you 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 hit a great point there because. People want to wear these shoes, right? Like the shoes are comfy to wear. They look great, and and mm-hmm. like you 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 brought up like a really cool collector's pair, which which you do wear, which I give you a lot of credit for, right? You so some people just it's in box, not even out of the you know the paper, yeah. and um, that that's all cool, right? Because you, you're buying it for an investment. It'll, you know when you get into the the sneaker heads and you see how the prices of these shoes have gone up year over year, like a lot of people buy them, collect them, invest in them, and for people who are kind of you know on the fence about this stuff, like you just said, pick up a pair for 150 bucks, man. Like pick up a pair for for 200 bucks, and 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 just wear those. Those are your shoes that you go out with every day. The shoes that you know you yeah, yeah, yeah. and 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 you can still look real good. And then when you get a real true appreciation for it, and you really jump into the the genre, right? You can you can pick up a couple of pairs that you just like. Honestly, I do have a pair of Travis Mokas and and. I, I, I don't wear them. Like I mean, <laughs> those are I
0: those are high. Those are high. No, they're
1: the high. They're the high. Good man, and, good man. And 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 uh, yeah, I don't pull it out of the box. Like I, I don't okay. do anything with it. Yeah. I just keep it there, right? So 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 yeah, it's like buy buy the ones that you can go to the mall with, and, and you got no point beating up. And, and I
0: never, I agree. I never think of them as an investment. I wear them yeah. to enjoy yeah. them, and you know what? Knowing that there was something great. But you know, I, I agree, don't, don't, don't do this as far as uh, you know, I'm not going to invest in stocks, I'm not going to invest in real estate, I'm going to invest in sneakers. I don't know if that's the way to go. And the, the, but the reality, as a sneaker market and as trends will come and go, the funny thing is, in my opinion, the last one standing will always be the high OG Jordan 1. And if high OG Jordan 1s are out and they're not yeah. in style anymore, style is gone completely. Then life is yeah. over as we know it. So yeah. Yeah. I think it's a pretty safe bet to have those. So going on to our second topic because we're in the theme of nostalgia. So movies, and there's a big one that is being filmed and is coming out later this year. I am super excited. It is the movie series, the uh, the franchise that started my boxing career, my inspiration, and it's Creed Three. So apparently there are it's under lock and key as far as what is the plot line, what's going to happen. Sure. uh creed 3 i'm really really jazzed for it uh will uh how did you enjoy creed 1 and creed 2
1: listen i, I enjoy that because look i'm an og guy too right so i'm a or, original rocky guy and 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 like when i was growing up and i won't date myself as to how old i am but but we're I, we're, I, we're brothers
0: and different <laughs> mothers you and i absolutely yeah. so absolutely. so
1: so listen i uh you know my biggest my biggest days were were were, were you know when rocky not rocky one. I'm talking more Rocky 3, 4, right? Um, I love those movies. And those are the original Creed, you know, the original Mr. T, you know, Drago. Uh, 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 you know, those were, those were awesome movies. And, and actually, I was never sold, and I'll be honest with you. When the, the, these, these sequels came out, like, over the last few years, I was like, nah. I think they're just trying to milk the, the whole Rocky genre. I, I was not, I did not go me see too. it. I was just like. Me too. And then I think I must have been on a plane <laughs> where I saw the thing for free. Like, I was just like, okay, let me, let me look at this. I got like two hours to kill. And I was like, this is actually a good movie, man. Like Creed and Creed 2. Michael B. Jordan, like that guy was amazing. That guy was ripped. I thought that I thought the movie was excellent. And again, I've always been a boxing fan. And and I you know we could kind of segue a little bit too. You know, I've never been a. I'm getting into UFC, I'm getting into mixed martial arts. I think, you know, again, I didn't pay it the kind of respects when the thing first came out because I've been a, a, a traditional the the boxing skill set. You took boxing lessons, I've taken boxing lessons in terms of you know, just the mentality of
0: training. Oh, it's a called boxer. boxing training. When you're at that level, it's called boxing yeah, training, my friend. Yeah, it is. And
1: and 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 when when you get the idea of just the art form of of boxing and the defensive style of boxing, and then you start going back and looking at the old fighters, right? You go back and you look at like a, obviously a, a Muhammad Ali versus a, a Tyson, and you see the different styles. and I love boxing, and and frankly, these were the la- these Last Creed movies were were excellent boxing movies. There were there were excellent boxing movies. So so look, I'm looking forward to this
0: new one that's coming out.
1: I don't know who's playing who who do you know who's oh, playing you know
0: so I did who? I did my research so they're still not going there as far as telling us that it's going to be the Mr T movie And though we all feel it in our hearts yeah, it's got eh? to be it's got to be it's got to be the police I I'm, yeah. I'm praying to the creed gods please bring <laughs> me Mr T like Mr T revolutionized my life like I was yeah. like this 7 year old 8 year old you know little jewish boy with my jewish Were rap you watching A team were you watching A team I started off, uh, I was a team, yes, but my poster on my wall was Mr. T with the gold chains. And I looked at that poster Every morning, and when I was like in grade three, in all seriousness, they said, "You know, what do you want to be when you grow up, Jonathan? You want to be a doctor, or lawyer? I want to be Mr. T. That's what <laughs> I. And you know what? I did. So I love <laughs> Mr. T, and I I, I loved A Team. I loved Rocky. Watching him, you know, Clubber Lang. I always wanted to be Clubber Lang. When I was doing my boxing training, I go to my trainer. I was watching some Clubber Lang highlights, and goosh, goosh, goosh. and he says to me, yeah. "Stop watching that. That's not good technique." <laughs> <laughs> I go, but he almost took up rocky's head (laughs) (laughs) i love that stuff i love it love it love it so they gotta bring mr t back so jonathan majors that is the confirmed actor that is going to be a cross from michael b jordan and go put the side-by-side silhouette with him mr t it's gonna be come on (laughs) come on it only makes sense please and mr t has come out and said no, I don't know if I'm feeling it. I don't know if I should be. I don't want to do this. You know, I'm not That's sure. That's typical
1: pre-promotion sure. stuff there.
0: You know, they're being all coy about it. So, yeah. finally enough, I, I also did not watch the Creed movies. I'm like, I'm a purist. You know, I'm all yeah. about Clever Lang and Drago. Don't be talking about no Creed and all this. Yeah. And I was on a flight to LA. Oh. A lot of time on my hands. There so, I'm like, <laughs> all right, I'll watch Creed. True story. I will admit this now on the air for the millions of listening to this. I cried during both creeds. I swear (laughs) I had tears running down my eyes. And when I got to LA that first afternoon, I ran to the boxing store. I bought a (laughs) pair of gloves because I didn't bring any with me. And I went and signed up for for training while I was in LA because I was so inspired by creed. I'm like, this is awesome. I love it. It was creed was amazing. I can no, watch I... that stuff all day long. Michael B. Jordan was amazing in the role. Yeah. He's stepping into the director chair for Creed um, 3.
1: I did not know that.
0: And Mr. Stallone that. is off to go hawk some panorize and some uh, <laughs> merch. So he is very busy. So he right. cannot make the time to be in Creed 3, apparently, which is fine. So Rocky's gone off to the sunset. <laughs> and then we're focusing on Creed. And they're saying, you know, we don't want to take away from the Creed franchise. Yet you just did Drago. So you're going to have to do Mr. <laughs> T, folks. I'm really sorry to break it to you.
1: I think so. I think you're right. I think you're right. And I hope, I hope, you know, the younger generation kind of gets an appreciation for uh, the boxing art form. Boxing is just kind of second uh, fiddle now, right? There's, there's no one good in the heavyweight division. You know, there's no one really good in the, the, the middleweight division and, and everybody's like, you know, UFC is, is, is king now, right? UFC is king. And I won't lie. UFC is skilled, entertaining, you know, uh, uh, but, but, you know I I wish there
0: was more. I will call it, I will correct you and Canelo. is still like an art form to watch. Canelo is uh, Saul Canelo is uh, is a great boxer, uh, real fun to watch, in my opinion. You know, they're talking about another triple G uh matchup with him. So there are guys out there clearly, but you know, even Lomachenko lost, you know, and uh, yeah. the guys that we think are the greatest boxers right now, it's it's a weird spot, and it's yeah. because you know, is there talent there? Are they promoting them right? People are not having that love of boxing the way UFC took over. And and I feel like there's this niche right now because, you know, even in wrestling right now, you know, WWE, I think is trying to flush it down the toilet. So you got all these wrestling fans, you know, and these boxing fans and they're full of testosterone and they're looking for something to pay their money and watch. And they're all heading over to UFC. So I I hope boxing capitalizes that and brings out bigger talent and everything. But I want to trace it back to Mr. T because, you know, for that young generation, like who's Mr. T? Who is Mr. T? Mr. T is an icon. He's a art form. He's one of the greatest actors, human beings on the face of the planet, you know, and it's amazing. I invited him to come on The Chosen Life. have not heard back yet. Still oh. holding out hope. I remember when the Toys R Us opened up down the street for me back in the yeah. day. And that was the big thing back in 87. I'm out yeah. myself a little bit. But yeah. I was around 87 or so, maybe 86. And Mr. T was appearing at the opening of the Toys R Us. And I said to my dad, can wow. I go meet Mr. T? And he's like, yeah, we'll go. And every hour I'm like, can we go? He's Mr. He's there, he's there. He's like, we'll go a little later. We'll go a little later. He never took me to see Mr. That T. Sucks, I lost, man. never that got sucks. to meet Mr. T. That sucks. Before I leave this earth, <laughs> I have to meet Mr. T. It's really, really important. So Mr. T, if you're listening, please, buddy, we need you on. It's very important because people, the new generation need to experience you. you know, Will, do you know how he got the gold chains? Have you ever heard the story? Oh, no. So Mr. T, you know, had the Mohawk. Yeah. He was as badass as they come, right? Yes. Yes. And he had all those gold chains. So Mr. T got discovered as a bouncer in Chicago, as the folklore goes. Okay. And every time he broke up a fight and a gold chain ripped, <laughs> he put it on his neck. And that's, that's how Mr. T accumulated the gold chains.
1: Well well listen that is a, if that's true that's an awesome story and and i want to i want to just i want to go back to something you just said there yes. like, and again without dating myself but Please. mr t yes was the biggest thing in the 80s man like i i i, I you know I, I don't know what we can compare it to you can compare it to to you know connor mcgregor and some of these
0: guys Bager, but mr Bager, t, Bager.
1: t was it, the global dude in the '80s, like I mean, there was not a bigger icon in the '80s than Mr. T. And that gold chain revolution—that guy revolutionized fashion when he came, when he he rocked the gold chains, man. And you know, back then was the early days of hip hop and rap, and everybody was coming out with the gold chain. I, Mr. T led the way in that whole style revolution. T. Yes, but but just in terms of a big man, a yes. big dude. Uh, uh, an athletic guy who was on TV and in movies. Mr. T had an iconic and still does persona. That was the the biggest thing in, the, in the, the decade of the 80s, man. Like people don't know, like you and I, I was a kid in the 80s too. He was the dude.
0: He was the dude. And the amazing thing of it, when you think <laughs> back now, think back, because look at now, you know, when you have these heroes and they're rapping and everything else, they're talking about drug use, and guns, and and saying derogatory terms to cultures and genders, you know? And and it's it's, it's, there's negativity and hate. You never heard one word like that out of Mr. T's mouth. He made it very clear. I don't smoke. I don't drink. I don't use drugs. Stay in school. Get an education. (laughs) He he looked so badass with his mohawk. He was such a tough exterior. And 18, this TV show, he was like pummeling guys in um, Rocky as Clubber Lang is pummeling guys, but he had, it was soft-spoken everywhere. He went and spoke. He always spoke positive messages. He was a positive role model. He was part of the uh, Reagan administration in the U S at the time, the president of the United States, as far as education and, and, yeah. and bringing positivity and, and the world needs more Mr. T's now, you know, somebody that does reach out to the younger generation is a cool figure, but spreads, yeah. spreads good messages, wholesome yeah. messages. We need that.
1: Yeah I, I I couldn't agree with you more and I think you you bang on he was I, and 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 also as an african american in the 80s doing this yes, yes. uh you know anti drugs no swearing you know wholesome actor yeah you, you, that was that was again there, there was nobody else in in the 80s doing that stuff and and unfortunately i don't think there's anybody out there now that that's really iconic like that
0: so that's where I'm thinking. If we can bring him on Creed, you know, and spread the Mr. T message and the well, way, I'm, you know, I'm hoping the- you get this guy,
1: man. This will be the blow up, the blow up uh, podcast for you. That I, would be I,
0: awesome. I, I'll tell you, Buff Bagwell's already blown up. He's a really well known wrestler and a great guy. Actually, he's become a really good friend to me. And you know, seeing what he's doing. Uh, We are talking to a few people. We do have some people lined up that I can't talk about yet, but there are some pretty big wigs that are headed up uh, the food chain. So uh, we got a lot of scheduling going on. So you got to stay tuned. You will be shocked and surprised and amazed as to who's coming because you never know who we're going to pull out here on the chosen life. So thank you. Thank you. So moving from Creed three and still talking about It's funny how all these, you know, uh, topics kind of tie in. We're talking about OG shoes and OG movies, Now we're talking about the blowing up market as far as collecting, memorabilia, all that good stuff. You know, one of the things I was going to say when you brought up sneakers, as far as how we're wearing them and how to think about them, I used to collect all sorts of stuff. I used to collect autographs, sports cards. I used to collect GI Joe figures. Now, at my age, I decided if I can't wear it, if I can't use it, if it serves no purpose other than just having it, yeah. I am not going to keep it. That's just the right. way it is. I don't want to just clutter. I like minimalism. That's me. But yeah. There's so much out there to collect. So what's going on right now in the market, Will? Like you're a big comic book guy, and I want to talk about that. But, like you know, both of us love sports cards. Um, NFTs are really big. What the heck has been going on in the collector markets?
1: Yeah. So, you know, when we were talking about topics, like I, I'm i a huge comic book collector. And and I've been that because to be 100% honest comic books taught me how to read like I, I was I you know I was reading comics when I was seven eight years old you know you, you, you start reading you know a huge Batman guy and I just kept my I just kept the books right like I, I mean I started to have such a love of the characters and I kept the books not knowing that you know all these decades later these books would be worth anything but I have a, a huge collection. Um, I still buy these books today. And, and I buy them for a different reason because comic books have evolved from being what, what they were in the 70s, 80s, even 90s, which were, you know, pretty, pretty light fare, pretty campy fare, you know, you know, super friends, that type of thing. There was not a lot of dark stuff in the, in the 90s and early 2000s, comic books turned dark. and and the writing became very sophisticated because what happened was they followed the age demographic of the people who were buying these comics and the comic book prices were no longer 25 cents, 50 cents, 75 cents. Comic books became $3, $4, $5 for for a book. And uh, as they followed the maturity of the reading, the reader, the topics, the artwork, the themes, even the characters themselves shifted into this very dark adult genre of, of, of comics and if you you know saw the latest Batman movie, I mean that is a, a Batman year two uh, a movie and if you read the comics that kind of backed that movie up, they're dark comic books man they're, they're not for kids. so comics have evolved and I think where, where you see the collector market going now on, on especially comic books. you know kudos to Marvel and kudos to Disney because they introduced these characters, Especially Marvel, who did a great job of, of, you know, bringing what I would consider mid-level characters like uh, a Doctor Strange or an Iron Man, uh, uh, Miss Marvel. Like those, those are not top. You know, those are not Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, or Spider Man, X Men, that kind of stuff. Right. They did a great job. People are now getting back into the into the looking at the old books, um, Eternals, like the Eternals. It, it turns out I went back and looked at my collection. And I had an Eternals number one. I was like, where, when did I ever buy this comic book? Because nobody knew who the Eternals were. And then Marvel makes a movie you know, with Guardians of the Galaxy and Eternals. So anyway, the, mo- the movie going folks and the great job they've done with the movies have had people now looking backwards into where these characters come from, who created these characters. And they're all from the 40s, 50s, and 60s, man. So they're 80 years old. Like some of these are 80, 80 years old. Um, and, and the books now have a real good value. And it's something that you physically have, right? The, the print runs back then were, you know, 20,000 copies. So, you know, if you have some rare book, yeah, it's going to be a collector's item for, for a long time.
0: That's incredible, man. I got to ask you two questions come to my mind. Number one, yeah. how many comic books do you figure are in your collection ballpark?
1: In my collection? Yes. Oh, I probably easily have maybe 10,000. Okay. Ten to fifteen thousand. Yeah. Do you ca- do you catalog them? I do, and and actually, my I, like I a have spreadsheet. Up- yeah, you know now there's software you can scan barcodes in, so it's pretty easy to do. And, yes. and there's software there that will update your 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 values as well. Okay. And you know t- today you can get your comics book your comics graded, right? And that's kind of how the market works now.
0: I was going to ask about that uh, yeah. because I know in sports cards grading is really big, so they are yeah. big in comics as well. Yeah, it's exactly With- the same concept. Is it the same companies that are doing the grading for the comic books? Do you know?
1: There, there's really two big companies in oh, the States okay. that do all the grading. Please, and who are mean, they? Um, one's comic book. Oh, geez. I, I, uh, comic books, comic book grading authority. And then the other, I can't remember the other
0: one. Oh, that's okay. That's okay.
1: But but, but only two, you know, yes. you send your books in, you pay yes. them a, a pretty much nominal cost. They, they take really good care of the book. They put it in the plastic they give you a grade and frankly that's the way you sell your book because collectors are now looking is your comic graded yes it's it's completely at that point legit if you have a a 9.0 you know very fine comic or you have a six point something value shift and it's not like you're going to a comic comic book show where you know the guys have the books in the plastic and you can't really tell is they're missing a page is it you know these comic book gradings are the way uh, the market is working now. Just like the cards, eh? Just like the the, the yeah. But in, cards
0: comi- in comics, how much do they charge on, on grading a comic book? Ballpark.
1: Uh Yeah, it could be you know twenty bucks, twenty five bucks, which is not cheap. So you're only oh, going to cool. send your your top notch top-notch books in. yeah you're not saying and a two
0: dollar book right no
1: exactly and 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 again you get volume discounts the more comics yeah. you sell oh you do okay. or send over you know if you send over a bunch they'll give you a, a grading discount uh uh and then uh you get your books back
0: because i was told sports cards can be much higher as far as what they're charging now because there's just such a demand oh. for it and there's like a backlog yeah. of it do you ever yes, get there's a out? huge backlog huge. do you ever get freaked out of when you send them out as far as uh actually packaging them properly and they know it's funny you know you're sending it to get graded but it gets damaged on the way to get graded
1: you know i gotta give the 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 grading companies like a lot of kudos like they treat the books like it's their own and they have these they send the packaging for you oh they do oh yeah it's not you just sending it at fedex like the the packaging is sent to you it's it's put into a proper container you know it's it's a a, either a fedex or a ups that goes right to their facility You kind of could track your book like i mean it's 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 pretty it's pretty sophisticated and 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 there's not a lot of I guess risk really uh, when you send your book in.
0: That's nice. It's like shipping a kidney. You think like whoa, they're, good <laughs> they're like beat beat the clock. Like this thing has to yeah, be taken care of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your your most valuable comic book. Can you share it on the air? They don't have to tell us the value, but which one is it? What's your you favorite? Know, I, I, yeah. I,
1: I, I I'm not sure which is my my highest value, but I got a, a couple of really like some of my favorite books right yeah. and they're they're the old stuff they're like uh silver age you know which are you know back in the in the in the 70s some golden age ones which are back in the uh, 60s and, and and 50s but you know for me i i'm a big first appearance guy right and first appearances especially back in the in the 70s where you had a lot of fringe characters right so for me one of my my best books is is uh, hulk 181 which is the first appearance of wolverine and 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 when Hulk 181 came out, and you know Wolverine, this character was there. Nobody cared because Wolverine came out in a Hulk comic book, and uh, Wolverine is now one of those iconic characters. So everybody started looking for a, a Hulk 181, the f- the first appearance. So that's one of my favorite books. Um, another one of my favorite books is um, you know first appearance of Punisher, and Punisher came out in a Spider-Man book. So he he was like first appearance in a Spider-Man comic. And uh, that's one of my favorite comics too. I have a a range of Batman comics. Like I've, I got pretty much every good Batman comic, except for, you know, the big ones, right? Like, you know, a a Detective 27, which is the first appearance of Batman or a a Batman number one. Those you're paying a million, two million bucks for. So out, out of my league, but you know, I have some good old books. And I'm such, I'm a collector where I don't need it to be in perfect condition. If I just have a copy, even if it's in terrible condition, yeah. I love it. Like I, I I'll buy a book, you know, 1952, and look how old that is. I mean, 70 something years old. And just to have it in my collection, I feel, I feel good about it. So yeah, I, 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 uh, I love my old books, man. They're, they're fun.
0: The way I missed out on my uh, Jordan one igloos and Russ pink. Do, <laughs> do you have a comic book? Do you like, could have had that one i was right there in my fingertips and i just didn't pull the trigger i'm like why did i not do
1: that yeah yeah which one's yours mine is like an iron man number one my this was even before the iron man movies came out before marvel started making movies i had a chance to buy i think iron man number one i think you know back then again iron man was just middle middle yeah how much would that have been
0: ballpark at the time
1: oh man honestly i think the guy wanted like 50 bucks for the thing 15 or 50. Five oh, like 5-0. fifty bucks. Big
0: five oh. Okay, okay. Big five oh, and it's
1: like, meh, nah, it's Iron Man. Yeah, nobody wants Iron
0: Man. And Now, and, oh, <laughs> now how much? Now,
1: oh, like I don't know, maybe a couple thousand bucks or more, like depending on the the value. Like it's, uh, like a really good, like perfect Iron Man is is yeah. is expensive. It's expensive. And it's I, only I, miss, gonna, I miss and, a bunch. And it's, it's only, only going to go higher, up? man. Yeah, it's yeah. only going up because again, limited print runs. There's You know, the books are, 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 who knows where they get lost. They're, you know, look, some of the best finds in comic books, like Mm -hmm. action comics, number one detective, which all came out in the forties, right. Are in somebody's great grandpa's box. That's down in the basement somewhere, man. And, uh, you know, they're, they're moving, they're clearing out grandpa's, great grandpa's old, old shit. And boom, they turn up one of these books and it's a $2 million book. So you know, keep looking through those basements and uh, those uh, estate sales. You never, you never know what you get when you, when you're looking. And that's where a lot of collectors get good
0: stuff. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, now, yeah. now you and I both being uh, lawyers involved in the real estate market, we get asked all the time. Oh yeah. You know, it's so hot. Is it ever going to crash? Is it going to correct itself? Blah blah blah. You know, as lawyers, we hear that nonstop every day. So in comic books, you know, in, in sports cars, apparently the correction is coming and is starting there. In, in comics, they've been jumping a lot in the last couple of years. Everybody's been collecting everything humanly possible because they can't travel. They can't go out to restaurants. They're just buying up stuff like No Tomorrow, cars, watches. So tell me, my friend, uh, how is the comic book market doing right now? And do you see any changes and shifts there?
1: I, I think the comic book market is in a bit of a, 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 a revolution. And, 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 and there's it's kind of a a torn market because a lot of people are looking for the older stuff, right? That's the rare stuff, the first appearance stuff, all these characters that are being in movies. Now, you know, people are going back and looking for those books. Um, Naturally, you know, the, the, if you, you know, all of the characters, they're still printing new content. Like there's new books every single month that come out for, you know, Batman, Superman, Spider-Man, X-Men, you know, you name it. Um, The new books are probably a lot less valuable. The print runs on those new books are, are not as what they were in the 90s when they just would print. You know, when, when Todd McFarlane was, was drawing Spider-Man and he again reinvent, like he reinvigorated Spider-Man. He was the top artist at the time. He the Marvel gave him Spider-Man to do and they would print a bazillion copies of yep. any Todd McFarlane book, right? right. So they're valuable. But the print runs are so high that everybody's got everybody's got a copy, right? So, yep. you know, there's a market for the old stuff, and and again, it's it's old dudes like me and you that have some disposable.
0: Think for yourself, and- bro. I'm even <laughs> younger. I don't know what you're talking about. Jeez.
1: Well, you know, listen. I I, I want to say I don't feel old, so you know, I you know, but we're the guys that go back and, and buy the, the 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 good old stuff.
0: Absolutely. So Absolutely. so
1: so that market is hot. That market is hot.
0: And that being said, one of the things you raised, because uh, I ain't touching with a 10-foot pole, but I want to know if you're investing in them and NFTs. Uh, you involved at all or what's the story there?
1: I, I, I'm learning more about it, man. And, yeah. and I think it's, it's hilarious because, you know, we're, you, were, you just talked about, you know, stuff, right? Yeah. You're a minimalist, you know, if, you know, you don't buy stuff to collect anymore, you don't have physical stuff. And that's what NFTs are, right? NFTs are all about, hey man, give me a, a blockchain-secured digital something, and I'm gonna pay money for it. And and NFTs are kind of uh, interesting because you can day trade in these things. Uh, you need to be on the whitelist to get, you know, to get in on one. Some, you know, it. And 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 to be frank, if you're a sports card collector, you know, when they do a card that's, you know, one of fifty one of 200, one of a thousand, um, those cards are worth a lot of money. Sure. And that's how they're doing NFTs, right? They're doing one of 50, one of 10, one of one. And right. you're the only guy in the world that owns this digital blockchain secured NFT. It sits in your digital wallet. <laughs> and some other guy is going to buy that from you uh, for, you know, you pay 0.03 E for it. And some going to pay a 1.3 E. And look, it's a whole different market, a whole different genre. I'm not sure I'm there on it yet, but look, I bought a bunch of NBA. And the NBA during the All Star Game had, you know, had, had dropped a whole bunch of NBA NFTs, and they were they were they're cheap. They're three dollars, five dollars. You know, lim- when I say limited editions, they're like you know sixty thousand NFTs. So if you get on them you know, you buy a pack of these NFTs, you come three in a pack, you pay 20 bucks and then, you know, you probably lose value immediately because they're trading for like $3 each. But, but yeah, it's like, hey, well, you know, it's 20 bucks. Let me, let me, let me buy a couple of these things. But, you know, it is the wild west on that stuff. And if you're real, like you can get in on some of them, some of them are, are $2 million, man, 3 million bucks. And then some of them, there's no market for You buy it, nobody's buying it from you. So, it's, it's, it's kind of like an ecosystem, some of the guys that are releasing these NFTs. And, and and mind you, everyone is going to be releasing NFTs. Nike, Major League Baseball, you name it, NFTs are coming. So wrap your head around what they are, whether they're going to be valuable or not, which are the ones that have a liquid liquid market, which are the ones that you're going to just buy and never, ever be able to sell again. Kind of like, you know, those old Don Ross cards that, you know, some fringe player that you're not going to... That's a 10-set card. Um, right, right. It's, it's the same way with NFTs.
0: I, I find it the funniest thing, because I, I age myself when I talk to people and I talk to millennials about uh, NFTs and Bitcoin and all the digital money. And I said, yeah. so you're buying... I, I, it's like taking a picture with your phone or it's like doing like a sketch on your iPhone. And here we go. There's this one-on-one me holding up a picture of my drink. Nobody else is going to have that yeah. picture, only you. So I'm going to give you a fake piece of memorabilia and I'm paid with fake money. So I'm going to create this thing called money and I'm just going to say it's got value. And so I'm going to give you a dollar of my fake money for, a dollar for your fake value memorabilia. And it's like, I, 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 I'm i wrapping my head around it. And I'm like, how is this not a Ponzi pyramid scheme? Because like at the end of the day, eventually people are going to put real money to buy this electric money to buy this electric memorabilia. And it's just the funniest thing I've ever seen. And I'm like, just go buy stocks and companies, you know, like you can own something real or go buy, go buy those off-whites, please. You know, yeah. just go buy this. Like, this is way better. At least I can hold this and this is real. Instead of, oh, I'll take a picture of my off-white UNC's. There's gonna That's-
1: be an NFT of that shoe. Don't the the worry, NFT- you can probably pick up the NFT of that shoe when Nike releases it.
0: There's but there's an NFT of my specific. <laughs> UNC's and no one else is going to have it. And I want 10,000 Bitcoin. Like, you know, like, it's just, I, I, I again, it's like awesome. All the power to people that want to do that. I'm not taking any of, you know, after you pay taxes and everything, you're very little money left over a lot of months, weeks, not putting it into that stuff, but for people want to do it by all means good luck. Like when even I look at the pictures behind you, if you got like a great moment in sports and somebody autographed it to me, there's something to that, you know, yeah. that's yeah. what I'm going to hang my hat on. But it's amazing where collecting has gone to that way and they're looking for something, anything to crave, you know. So uh, uh, even cards, comic books, that's more where I would head personally. But, you know, good luck to the collectors out there.
1: Yeah, good luck. I, I agree. And I, I think it it's going to be and we're in the middle of, of this, you know, for the last 10 years with, with Bitcoin and now, you know, the way NFTs and, and, and the metaverse has that is evolving and unrolling. And frankly, we're on the cusp of a lot of new things. And, and frankly, it's not, it, it's gonna be the way things are. Like there's a real legitimacy to you know, crypto, uh, yes. to NFT. There's huge companies, huge industry based on this. It's not fully regulated yet. You know, you're a lawyer, um, you know, regulation is coming. And let's be real, it won't be long, you know, and, and frankly, the, the allure of, of, of crypto, you know, is the fact that it's been deregulated and it's not controlled yeah. by government. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not managed um, behind the scenes where you pay transactional costs for this and that for that. And, and, and you don't understand where the value, you know, nothing's all, you know, there's not a gold standard anymore where everything was backed by gold sitting in Fort Knox somewhere, the, the US dollar, you know, that stuff is not there. Um, Th- th- this is real, and this is—you know—this is get on board with this because it's—it's it's not going anywhere. This is where we will be transacting uh, heavy duty in in crypto. NFTs will be a thing. You'll be sitting with a a, a virtual reality uh, mm-hmm. headset on uh, for uh, augmented reality or virtual reality to do your business meetings, uh, to travel. Uh, that meta stuff is is coming. It's already here web 3.0 uh, web 3.0 so honestly saddle up because the way you're going to do business is, is going to be very different 5 years from now
0: i remember watching avatar and saying oh boy this is where life is going to be headed and yeah. that's exactly what it is you if you don't know what the heck we're talking about go watch the movie avatar and that's what your, your life is going to be looking like you know very, science very- fiction
1: has become reality ever since star trek uh and and ipads and iPhones and streaming this and streaming that you know, nobody, you know, when, when CDs came out, we're like, oh my God, we could buy a, a, a physical CD and move away from analog cassette tapes and stuff. And then we started streaming in terms of, you know, audio compression and video compression and, and lossless compression. And now we're going into, yeah, we're going into a whole new world of, of human interaction and, and 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 actual monetary economic value being digitized. Like uh, it's, it's, we're here, man. I
0: I'm have here. to apologize because CD, sorry, the CDs. That was before my time, so I'm not really <laughs> sure what you're referring to exactly, there, Will. But uh, should maybe. I say
1: Blu-rays then? Should I say
0: we're Blu-rays? Your VHS, <laughs> <laughs> B- Beta. Let's. So, so we're not going to let you get off the hook this easy. So uh, we talked about a lot of collecting today, a lot of good times. Uh, to sum up, you know, uh, we're not going to forget about you, my friend. And uh, uh, but the people listening, they're like, man, this is a good-looking guy. He looks jacked. Sounds very successful, and he is. He's actually a really, really big deal, you know? So I wanted to uh, drop on Will and just discuss as far as, you know, professional careers. It's amazing because, you you know, when you and I met, like you're saying, you were getting into in-house, and I was starting off my law career, and I've stayed being in private practice, you know, my whole life, whether working for a law firm or being a partner at a law firm. Looking back at yourself, so currently you are the Director and Assistant General Counsel for McDonald's Canada. Before that, you were the general counsel for McDonald's Latin America. That and, was
1: in, in, in the middle of that, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So, and then corporate counsel for Tim Hortons, and you were a partner in your own law firm for several years. So, walk us through, you know, my friend, when you were in private practice, the decision to go in house, and climbing up the corporate ranks. You know, for the professionals in there, as far as if they're a lawyer, an account, you know, how do you make that mindset shift, and how have you found it?
1: Yeah, look, thanks for the question. And, uh, you know, a lot of kudos to you because, I mean, you, you're you doing what I did when I started, right? I was in, I, I, you know, started my own firm with with a bunch of folks, partners who didn't get hired back when uh, when we got a law school. We got, on a, we got called to the bar at a time when the economy was terrible. Interest rates were like, I think, 14, 15 percent. Articling jobs are not hard to, uh, sorry, not easy to come by. And, yes. and when we all got called, you know, there was hire back was not a thing for me. And, and I was not a downtown Bay Street guy. I was always more of, you know, a community lawyer. Um, and, I, and I didn't want to sit around with a, a license to practice and not have a job. So, you know, literally got called to the bar. I believe we got called to the bar in, in, in February. And by May, I had done a business plan we rented office space. We set up a four-lawyer shop. And uh, I think by the second year of that, I was doing all the residential real estate uh, with a clerk. I was doing all the corporate commercial stuff. And then my partners were litigators. So my partners at the time were doing civil lit, criminal, family, doing a lot of legal aid stuff. And um, residential real estate paid the bills, right? Like, I mean, that was monthly, you know, uh, and... <laughs> Back then, yes. Again, I won't date myself. We, it was not it was not automated, right? So, right. registry closings were. We had conveyancers that did title searches for us. They were looking at parcel registers with a ruler and a pencil and going through a forty-year title search. You know, we lined up to get execution certificates at the sheriff's office. We would pull a number at the Toronto registry office and drive up to Newmarket, pull a number and then you wait in line and exchange physical checks. Like, I mean, this is the, the always, and actually, you know, when TerraView came in and, and, and some of the automation came in, I was at that point beginning to phase out of my private practice. And, and uh, I can tell you, I built, I built my practice doing residential real estate. I have an affinity for, for what you're doing. When I, when I look at your podcast and you guys are talking about, you know, condo declarations and your stopless certificates. It just takes me back to the day yeah. when I was doing the same, same stuff. My,
0: my, my partner, David Corman, uh, his podcast, David and David on real estate, which is also featured on our Corman's YouTube channel. Absolutely. They're doing great work over there talking about real estate and uh, takes you back. eh?
1: Oh man, for sure. And, 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 you know, it was, again, it was kind of the wild West back then. Uh, uh, but, and, you know, same issues, right? The law hasn't changed that much, just the way you, your practice has right, changed. Right, but. Right. I, I, yeah, I did that for about seven years, and you know, around 2000, 2001, I was looking for something different. I, I, I think I had maxed out my my time in private practice. Um, I have a degree in economics. I've always been more of a, a business lawyer, and I wanted I wanted to go from sort of this community legal practice, you know, small to medium sized clients, and I, I wanted to see what the other side was. I wanted to see big business, big global business. Uh, I thought that was missing in, in terms of my experience. You know, at that time, I was probably like a, an eight to 10 year call.
0: Okay.
1: And um, yeah, I, I, I went into, to, I, I left my practice. I went in-house with a client of mine at the time. And I had started doing a lot of technology law around uh, 2001. Okay. Um, and, and my client was a, a startup.com uh, a company. I went in house with them for two years, didn't make a dime, but it was awesome. I did vent, you know, we did business plans, we did venture capital elevator pitches, we raised funds and the whole point was to IPO. We wanted to IPO this business, created a bunch of cool, you know, FinTech uh, stuff that we thought was awesome and uh, had it all ready to go, had funding, everything. And then the market crashed and everything dried up. And I found myself, we couldn't sell anything. But it was a great experience for two years. Um, And uh, I had a choice. I was like, either go back to my my private practice or or keep this in-house experience, this business experience and and sort of keep going. And and I was fortunate enough uh, to apply to Tim Hortons, who was looking for corporate counsel at the time. Yes. And uh, I landed at Tim's and uh, I was there for three years. And that's when, you know, I met you and I met some really amazing, amazing people who have had influences on my career.
0: And uh, you and, and I met some great. amazing people. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, we got stories that we can't tell on air. No, right we now. cannot. But, no, but we <laughs> uh, it, was such a, it was such a great time with, with you know, some, some amazing people uh, mm-hmm. that, that we met. And then, you know, uh, after three years at Tim's, I uh, McDonald's called me and kind of the rest is history. I'm, I'm, I'm still there. It's been, you know, I'm into my 18th year at McDonald's. And who knows what's on the horizon? The only thing I can tell you is, you know, I never planned my career. Your career just kind of, you know, I, I thought, John, I'd be what you're doing. I thought, okay, here, I'm starting up my practice. I'm going to be in this law firm. We're going to grow the law firm, hire associates. You know, I'm going to become, you know, you know, expand stuff, 20 lawyer firm. You know, that was kind of the vision. Never, never would have told you I'd be, you know, assistant general counsel of McDonald's Canada had, you know, fortunate enough to have, you know, I'm on the board of directors for a Ronald McDonald house, which I, I love and it's charity. That's amazing. It does amazing work. Um, I've had amazing global experience with a, a, an amazing brand and just met amazing people who have influenced me, who mentor me, who um, have impacted my career. And, and you just never know where your career will end up. So, you know, my advice is, hey, do what you're doing. You're, look, did you, did you foresee the chosen podcast? Did you foresee the chosen one? You know, and and now look at you, you're, you're amazing, dude. You're an inspiration to even me because you're doing something you're passionate about. And, And you could tell the joy you have about the chosen podcast, the chosen life, the chosen life. And I love it because this is where you inspire people. You inspire people by doing what you love every day. It may not be, you know, your career is your career, but when you find something to do with passion, you're always going to be successful, man. So I, I give you a lot of kudos for, for doing what you're doing and it, you're going to blow up. You're blowing up right now. And I'm, I'm happy to be one of the early guys, a no-name guy on one of your podcasts, brother. So keep, keep it going. Thank
0: you. I appreciate that. You know, from the world of business and life, you're certainly not a no-name buddy. Like In the legal community and in the business community, you're very well known. You can see that on LinkedIn and all the appearances you make. Uh, but it's funny, you, you, you know, you stole my segue because I was going to say, you know, when you graduated from law school, if you could see your life today, could you have ever imagined that and what advice you would have given your younger self? But it's funny because when you say that to me, I exactly saw this. Yes. When I was graduating from law school, if you said this is what your gonna, life would look like, <laughs> I would say I absolutely see that. I, I, I envisioned doing the real estate thing. I envisioned as far as being a partner in a law firm um doing something creativity i I, w- I thought it'd be as a writer because i was really always yeah. big in writing and i was big in the mlb reports days when i was yeah. writing mlb reports and this is really what mlb reports was 10 years ago except in podcast form it's the same formula it's funny but i learned that from my 20 year old self to where i am today is you can't do everything yourself you have to have a team in place you got to have the support Otherwise, you can't do it. You're going to burn out real quick and it's not going to happen. And I I do that professionally in law. I do that professionally in the podcast. I see the difference there. But absolutely, I did see this end game as far as where I'd be at this point. I just didn't think the journey would be like this to get there. exactly. I thought it would be more direct. Yeah, Yeah, linear. Yeah. Right. I, I, I felt for myself, like, Bay Street you know, successful in my early twenties, I, maybe I burnt out too quickly. You know, it was just like, you know, like a, like a first round draft pick, you know, when they come to yeah. baseball or hockey, sure. you know, like Alexander Deg. I understand Alexander Deg's thing, you know, when you come in, you're highly touted and everything else. Yeah. And it's just too much too soon. It's, it's not so, so easy. Yeah. sometimes. And sometimes you got to go to the minors and you got to work your way up. And, you know, every success story will have ever read as far as government leaders, world leaders, business leaders, CFOs, CEOs, they, a lot of them have something very important in common. They all at some point got broken down and they all came back up and they all, you know, and they had to grind it out, work hard for it. Nothing got handed to them because it's one thing to get there. It's another thing to stay there. And most people have a very hard time staying there. So you have to experience all walks of life to understand if it comes too easy to you and it gets handed to you, it's too easy to break it down. When you know you can end up in the gutter in a moment. You'll never stop working hard. You'll never stop driving towards it. And the, for me, like, I love the Chosen Life podcast. We're actually going to be taping as well. Uh, excited to announce that uh, there'll be a new documentary series called The Chosen Journey with uh, our good friend, Steve Carsey. He's coming on board. Uh, Ex-Blue Jay, Oakland A, Yankee. Amazing dude. And we're going to be doing week to week a docuseries with Mr. Steve Carsey. Called the Chosen Journey, and it basically, me Steve Carsey's baseball journey, life, and inspiring others to find their life journeys. So, um, between Chosen Life, uh, the Chosen Journey, I also am producing the Dave and David on Real Estate podcast. So uh, they keep me really busy. Plus, running a law firm, you know. So,
1: <laughs> How do you find time, brother? How do you find time? That's amazing.
0: And, and I work out, and I cook. You know what? I, that's why I tell people, you know what? If you got a nine to five job and uh nothing wrong with that but like you tell me i don't have time to do this i don't have time to do that well try try walking a week in my shoes and see how you like it i think you'll be like i think i got the time to do this now (laughs) it's uh dan milstein uh the hockey agent was on and and i believe he said it's not a lack of time it's a lack of priorities that's all it is you know you gotta decide what's important to you in life and will you've shown man like you know you persevered you, you, you could have stayed in prior practice. You went in house. You didn't just, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to just, you know, just go with it and just milk it and see how I can. No, you always work hard. You, you strove to go next level, next level, next level. I see you in and, and all fairness. I remember you 20 years ago, you look younger today than you do 20 years ago, man. You <laughs> got the energy in your life and you got it in your face and you're excited and you're talking about you know you're positioning now at uh, McDonald's Canada, and it goes to show you you know work hard, you can succeed, you can look as good as will, and you can work towards you know sky's the limit for you, man. I know you're going to be doing great things, and uh, it'll be it'll be great to see where you head, where I head, where we all head in life. And absolutely, if you're listening to this right now, work hard, make a game plan. You got to change a plan, be ready to evolve, but don't ever give up. And if there's a door, then break down the door or go yeah. to the next door. But it can be done as long as you got the plan and the hard work, it will happen for you.
1: And and do, I am not done like never stop. Right. It's ne- it's a never stop never. continuous journey of getting better, doing different things, being passionate. Yeah, I'm I'm. I'm excited because you know I, I I know there's a different future. I know there's things that I want to do that I haven't had the time to do. And I, yeah, I'm going to do them. I'm going to do them. I'm looking forward to it. And and again, you're you're an inspiration, John. Thanks thanks, thanks for uh, being on the podcast today. I think this is this has been great. Lo- love chatting with you, man.
0: Every time, man. You know, and it's funny, you know, I always tell people like, you know, when when <clears do throat> hit certain accomplishments. Like I was like, man, I hope I get 10,000 views one day on a clip and then when I broke 100,000 <laughs> I got to tell you that it was so much sweeter, the journey getting there than the accomplishment itself. And I can tell you at my age now where I've been, when I look back at accomplishments, I savored the journey part of it of getting there more than I savored the accomplishment itself. When I get there, I learned yeah. I got to reward myself. I, gotta say, I got I to acknowledge it because then it, it'll make me work towards the next one. But life is not a series of accomplishments. It's just a series of journeys. journeys and just keep yeah. finding your journey. Yeah. Last question for you, my friend, as we wrap so. up. Uh, first impression when you met me 20 years ago, what did you think of Jonathan Hakoin? <laughs> be honest, be honest. Let's hear it.
1: Dude, I knew you were built for success, man. Like you you had the work ethic, you had the desire. I could tell that you 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 are you're, you're passionate about the law, and you wanted to learn. And and you know, for me, anytime I meet any young lawyer, you know, at, you know, in their articling first, second, third years of practice, I kind of just look for one thing. It's like, hey. You know what are you trying to get better at? What do you want to learn? And you were a sponge, man. You you listened. You know you you asked great questions, and you were observant. You know you're not a blustery like. You 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 you, you can be quiet. You can observe, and I I admired that about you. And I thought you were always going to be successful. You could tell, man, you're going to be successful. You're a smart cookie, and you were a smart guy back then. And and your career has evolved, not like I kind of saw it. I I knew you would be a private practice guy because you're you're an entrepreneur, you're a hustler, I I could tell that, Um, but you're also a skilled, you're a skilled lawyer, and I I, I saw that when I met you, that you just wanted to learn, and you wanted to get better, and you wanted to improve your skills, and now I think it's come to fruition, man, look how long it's been, and you're you're a a great partner, I only hear great things about you in the industry too, so uh, kudos to you, man, I'm, I'm real proud of you.
0: I really appreciate that you know it's funny because i've had people ask me you know even my partner asked me david he's like why are we doing a podcast that has nothing to do with law and real estate <laughs> and and i said to him you know you gotta remember it's jonathan a chosen lawyer and we talk about me being a lawyer a lot and we bring people on from different walks of life. like like right now like you're, we're both lawyers we're in the same community we talk about real estate it's funny how it just kind of seeps in you know but at the end of the day i don't connect with people with my clients my referral sources i don't connect with them because hey, I'm a really great lawyer and I can close your transaction for you. It's, right. hey, I want to get to know you. What's your story? We connect on different things. Whether it's I love shoes or exercise, fitness, whatever it is. And it's building that trust. And when you got those relationships and you got the trust, anybody can close a real estate transaction. Anybody can know the law. It's do I like the person? Do I trust them? And do I want to work with them? And I, I, I'm being true to who I am. When, when we're doing this podcast, this is not a character I'm playing. Yeah. This is who I am. I love doing this and people connect with me because I put the real, I expose myself out there, love me, hate me, whatever, but I'm being true to what I am. And at the end of the day, that builds relationships. So I, I appreciate you saying that, man. And uh, would you have thought 20 years ago that we would be sitting here doing this podcast <laughs> together? Would you have imagined that?
1: I, 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 I can't say I would have imagined it, but looking back, I'm like, yeah, I could, I could see this happening. I could see this happening. So this is, this is amazing. This is amazing, brother.
0: I appreciate that, but well, honestly, I know you're a real busy guy. You know, Blaze out there, sorry he's taken, but uh, <laughs> he's a he's a great dude, honestly, and a great business leader. And you know what, you've been an inspiration to me as well as a young lawyer growing up. And you know, you were always available for a phone call, and you know, gave me direction. And dude, you know, we fed off each You know, at the end of the day, you rise when you put positive energy out there, expecting nothing in return. Right. You receive that positive energy back. You and I always had positive energy exchange that way, and you know. It's, it's people that ask to, you know, then look to the younger generation professionals. they be young lawyers, accountants, whoever they are, and keep giving back that energy. So let's keep spreading positivity out there. Let's keep making this happen. Let's help people find their chosen life.
1: Love it. John, you nailed it, buddy.
0: Thanks for taking the time for us today, Will. It's been an ultra pleasure. And when we do our sign off, we put the arm flex. Let's do it, man. Keep living the chosen life. Thanks,
1: brother. Thanks for Thanks. having
0: me. Thank Cheers, you. Man. oh wait a minute are we still running well i know you already hit the subscribe button the like button to say how much you love this episode and the notification bell so you're notified of all our future episodes but you still feel like you want more well when you're ready to contact the chosen lawyers at Corman's llp we are here to help you whether you're looking to close a real estate transaction a refinance, a corporate commercial matter like a lease, a shareholder agreement, an incorporation, you need a will or part of attorney prepared, a family law matter comes up, contact the chosen lawyers. We are here for you. So how do you get in touch with us? It's really simple. You go onto our website, go to cormans.ca. That's K-O-R-M-A-N-S.ca. Fill out the contact form and a chosen lawyer we'll get in touch with you. So it's very easy. We look forward to seeing you very soon. And thank you very much for watching The Chosen Life. We'll see you back very shortly.